Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the Pinball Wizard. Or the Rocket Man. Crocodile Rock! I'm in a mouth. And I'm Timothy Chalamet's grammatically incorrect cousin, Timothy Chalacan. But you can call me Britain. <laughs> hey, guys. I think we need to start over. No, no, no. Just, just let it. Just wait. In the middle of the podcast, they'll all start laughing. They'll get it. Just let it linger. Comedy time bomb. Okay. I take, hate everything. It takes a few turns to take its effect. It's Britain, like, why uh, do I feel like that's, that's what you secretly want to rename this podcast? Time, comedy, comedy time bomb? Comedy time bomb. <laughs> Com- comedy time bomb where we talk about movie sequels. Comedy time yeah. bomb? Oh. So what are we doing this year, podcast guys? <laughs> we are talking about GoldenEye. Hey. Which is the... Tyler's favorite film of all time. <laughs> That's incorrect. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about this. Negative 600 points. So, so I um, uh, have a GoldenEye. I do. Uh, it's very heavy. <laughs> the other one is like the glass eye uh, Daniel Day-Lewis has in Gangs of New York. Exactly, it's exactly that. So um, I um, am rating all movies by sound completely. <laughs> uh, we're talking about video. Uh, uh, it explains some. It really does. <laughs> so, so obviously, the the video game GoldenEye is like a huge thing in culture, uh, mm-hmm. especially for people of my generation. Probably uh, has a bigger cultural impact than this movie. It seems too. Honestly, did you guys have you guys played the game? Do I have you? Not. I've I've played it, but I did not actively grow up with it. So, yeah, I I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. So when I, I talk about that, it's it's has almost nothing to do with any nostalgia for the game because I've gotcha. really, I didn't really play it enough to yeah. have nostalgia, but I do remember playing it. Because I'm sure that I've played it at some point in my life, but I'm, I wasn't one of those kids who grew up playing. I, I know you shouldn't use odd job, that's, but I know that from cultural osmosis. So <laughs> right. I was interested to, to – because even then I think most people talk about the versus mode more than they talk about the game itself sure. almost. The Which mode, I, I believe they threw that in at, at the last minute as kind of like a bonus thing. Yeah. Like the then, main focus of the game was the campaign mode. Right, right. From the production end of things, which is bizarre. That's funny. But yeah, um, it's, it's interesting to me that this game spo- – because usually video games that – our t- movie tie-ins are not good. <laughs> right. And I do believe the game actually came out a couple years after the movie. You might be so right. So it, it wasn't – it did not seem to be a case where they were rushing to meet a specific gotcha, release yeah. date to match up hmm. with the movie. Sure, sure, sure. Like most video game tie-ins from the past like 15, 20 years. Yeah, through. which are literally just <laughs> playable marketing material. Yes. Yeah. Um, Unless you're X-Men Origins Wolverine. In which case, you're better than the movie. <laughs> the Return of the King video game, I remember being pretty fun. Yeah, Not better than the yeah. movie by any means, but fun. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove had a video game. <laughs> <laughs> a refrigerator stacker with Lilo and Stitch. Uh, was I thought you were going to say Crystal Disney, Skull. Disney, you, it was like the, the guy... I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> There's a reason we're talking about video games. because this movie's bad. <laughs> Oh, that's Yeah, that's guys, you harsh. might have a twist them up. We might I, I might be the one who liked the that movie the most. True. Or who enjoyed probably, I should say who enjoyed the movie the most. I it is liked. fine pinning our discussion in which I might discover that I hate it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's hurtful. I so said Goldeneye pending our discussion. So Goldeneye <laughs> from nineteen ninety five, directed by Martin Campbell, who would go on to do The Mask of Zorro, Casino yeah, he has Royale, a real chaotic uh, filmography. And Green Lantern. 
Yeah. Anyways. And The Foreigner. And The Foreigner. And I, I think, good. isn't there something else he did that's pretty good? Or supposed he's, he's made some pretty cool movies. Um, it has a 78% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 83% audience score. Um, yeah, uh, Britain, since since you might be the most positive of the three of us, on uh, at least on on this viewing, do, do you want to get into your best and worst? Uh, sure. I mean, again, this is one of those things where, you know, it's a Bond movie, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of great stuff. To, or I'm going to have probably more things to pick at it. But I, well, I, let, me, I, let me ask you this first. How does it compare to the previous Bond films that you've watched? I think I've enjoyed this one the most thus far. Okay. Um, reason being, and this isn't my, my best thing because it's not really a qual- it's not really the movie didn't do this on purpose. When I so I was about six or seven when this movie came out, and, and I hadn't seen it before now. But when I turned this on, I went, "Oh, I'm watching a '90s movie, dudes. Oh yeah, let's get some denim and some irony." Like <laughs> it was so like there's all this like percussion in the theme, like mm-hmm. when he walks mm-hmm. in with the gun sight thing. There's like. I don't know. It just that was what movies looked like when I was first come, becoming aware of movies, mm-hmm. right? And Terminator Two has a little bit of that, but that was a few years before, so I wasn't as aware. But this, like, it it just it really. I don't think that nostalgia is an evil thing. I don't like when people mistake nostalgic enjoyment for merit or like filmmaking merit. If you remember it, because you're like, if you, if you watch them, you're like, oh, I, I, I like this because it reminds me of yeah. whatever. That's great. But if you go, it reminds me of whatever, so it's a great film. I think that's iffy. But that that did add a lot for me. That I was like, I recognize a bunch of these actors, like the way this movie looks, the way it sounds. Like this is the '90s. I remember this. This is so cool. I haven't watched like a '90s '90s movie in a while. And it's not like the most '90s. It's not like Empire Records or anything. But still, um, I think that helped me like ease me into it more. Because I realized even the Bond movies from the 80s still looked a lot like 70s movies. Yes. And literally down to like the quality of the footage almost yes. looked like it was still 70s. Which maybe that was I all think, stylistic. Maybe I, that was the goal. But. I feel like a lot of it has to do with the lighting. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big, a big element. We, we've talked about it a bit. I mean we mentioned I think last time or, or maybe one of the last 20 episodes we did on James <laughs> Bond. Um, we talked about uh, the kind of amateurism yeah. of the – Production value and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was the case. This doesn't look like an am- it doesn't look amateurish. Like I it agree. looks like a professional movie. Yes, <laughs> which I know all the other ones were too. But um, so I guess uh, yeah, were they though? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm yeah, my I'm gonna have try to figure out my. Let me do my best things because I know I have two uh, quick mm-hmm. best things, and then I can do my worst thing, which I'll know by the time I'm finished with my best things. One of my best things was the tank chase. I thought that was a really okay. fun sequence. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of great practical work. It was – I found it both funny in a way that I think the movie wanted me to find it funny. <laughs> like there's a lot of shots of like – now the tank, tank's like backing up. Now it's like adjusting. There's a great bit where like it rolls over something and then Brosnan like adjusts his tie and then drives the, the tank The way more. he looks sticking out of the tank yeah, is pretty it's, good. Where it's really just like, fun. Ooh. And it was just like – it was a well shot sequence. And again, this is something that – if I compared this to like a, your John Wicks, your Mad Maxes, your a robot throwing a chain around an other robot, pulling mm-hmm. on the chain and the other robot exploding, um, this that, that sequence is fine. But when I compare it to the other Bond movies where there weren't a lot of action set, set pieces that really stood out to me, this I think did. I was like, that was really fun and it was well made and like this is a really cool sequence. Now you, you referenced right. the chain. Um, how does it compare to one robot killing another robot with a boat? Um... 
Which one is that in? Both the chain and the boat are from Bumblebee. Oh, um, you're right. Now, the boat is also good. Which we have reviewed recently. It is a really fun movie. The boat is also good, but the chain does involve – let me set the stage. So there's a robot. He gets a chain. The other robot is also there. Correct. Robot 1, who for uh, character abbreviation purposes but not for any sense, we'll call Robot B – throws the chain and it wraps around the second robot who we'll call robot a mm-hmm. and he says you can't contain me or something and then bumblebee who doesn't talk robot b pulls on the chain and then the, the second robot his arm flies off and then he just explodes correct. and i rewound it about six times correct and it's so much fun which was then shortly followed by robot b yes uh, i forget the exact circumstances but uh breaking some sort of shipyard such that a large tanker boat killed Robot C. Yes, that uh, was by ramming it. That it. was also very, very so. good. <laughs> now we also now this calls to mind: what would happen if a robot piloted by two humans used an oil tanker as a baseball bat on an alien from a Pacific Rim? <laughs> it would probably go a little something like this: We open the future. <laughs> no, um, basically, what I'm saying is I think the tank sequence was well shot and it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was all – it was like practical. You know, it's like they're going through big walls and they're torquing around whatever, Italy, whatever they are. It was, it, was, it was Russia. And then they finally get a, a <laughs> knight, a, like a, a statue of like a knight riding a Pegasus and yes. then that's like getting stuck on stuff and crashing into things. It was just this really bombastic, yeah. fun uh, sequence. My other best thing – this may be controversial. I'm going to say Famke Jansen. Okay. I found that a really fun performance in this movie. Um when, I, when early on, I was like, "What are? What is this? <laughs> what, what's he, what's the angle on what this are we character?" Doing here? And then I think it was the second time she used she literally uses her sexuality to kill somebody. I went, "She squeezes men with her thighs." Yeah, and yeah. and she's like, glor like just gleefully oh, like oh she tackling she, and she gets everything out of that. She's having such a great time, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is very intentional." And now I'm really enjoying this performance. Now it was this very like arch like genre performance that i think famkin jansen really excels at and like i remember her being pretty fun on hemlock grove the one season i watched of it um so i, I have just she gave like a real jolt uh, yeah it's, in- it's uh, interesting it. comparing her performance in this to, to like the x-men movies and realizing just how underutilized she is in and, those. and muted yeah yeah because she, because she can really be be fun and interesting if you just give her a chance. Yeah, yeah. and Jean Grey is not really a character who I guess is written to be very bombastic, but like at the right. same time, like give her. But unless Jean unless you're Wolverine, Professor X, or Magneto, nobody is. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just thought this this was a it was really fun uh, seeing her in this. And as far as a worse yeah. thing, um, I don't know. I I'm trying to think if there was like a specific sequence or like character that stuck out to me that as, as being really lame i feel like you know what I'll, I'll i'll go with this um so for i think this movie does a lot of really admirable effort to improve the way it treats women um and i think that the intent is 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 there isabella skorupko who plays our bond lady in this film natalia natalia i was about to ask thank you she uh I, it took me a while to realize that she was the the Bond woman because I'm not familiar with her work otherwise. So it's not like I went, oh well, Halle Berry's in this. Oh, yeah, she's a Bond woman. And I was like, oh, who's this lady? I wonder what she does. And then it wasn't until later I went, oh, she's the Bond woman. 
Because it, she hadn't been like this yeah. oversexed, you know. Uh, they just start whatever. her off as a character. Yeah, yeah she was a just like a person plot. going with her. And she was like the survivor of this big thing. And, and, and very importantly, she is separate from Bond. Yes, exactly. She, and she not even even going beyond that. She doesn't know who Bond is. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. we get a while to, for her to just be like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to figure this out. Like I don't know. What's absolutely. Going on. And I thought that was really cool until she is absolutely a Bond woman where she's all spaghetti straps and sighing yes. and but but Bond James no and but you want to be whatever. Yeah. Um, also, the scene where he was flirting with Money Penny, I was was yes. not cool with because and I, I think I said this when we were doing the Roger Moore. I really liked when Money Penny's an older woman and they have this like flirty but not seriously flirty relationship where they like kind of she kind of teases him for like being a ladies man and he's like oh you're the only one for me and she's like oh you it's this cute little like relationship either of people of an age or a little bit older and this he he was like full-on hitting on her and like but one day you're going to and she's like i don't think so it was well i was gonna ask is the fact that she actually uses the phrase sexual harassment does that make it worse that they are actively bringing that into the conversation this this ties in a little bit to to my worst thing so we can we can have a larger discussion we can go ahead and dovetail into yours Um, if you want but i was gonna say like i think that that is part of it i think that that scene very much is trying to be like we're they're trying to be self-aware, but by doing that, they're pushing it too we're, far. We're self-aware, but not self-aware enough yeah. to, like, make this fun or make this, like, yeah. comfortable yeah. <laughs> for the audience. Like, it, it's, it, yeah, it very much pushes, like, too far, and it's, it's, it's overly sexual, I thought, like, in terms of the way they're talking, and it's, yeah, it's it, a lot. It, it, it um, was too much for, for that. And it was also just for these two characters that I've seen in various iterations throughout the movies going, oh, I... You don't need to actually – don't actually make me wonder if you're going to get together. It's fine, yeah. but they just have this flirty friend yeah. relationship. Um, I'm going to do my, my best thing first. Yeah. Uh, my best thing is kind of what you mentioned, the production design. Yeah. Um, the opening shot of this movie is oh. like a plane flying out over a, over a dam. Um, uh-huh. And it's it's gorgeous. It's a great wide shot. There's it a few, that, there's a few in this. Uh, I really like the set piece at the end with the, the satellite and the lake. I yes. think all of that looks really, really good, and all the fighting and everything. Like it's a big, wide set. Or mini- there's a lot of miniature use in this in this movie. I noticed as well. Um, they they do a lot of good stuff with that to make it like a big, sweeping. Like this is this is great. And so I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, so you've you've decided you're going to make a movie this time? What a what a novel concept. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought it was a uh, the the actual kind of production and, and lighting and. and Cinematography, even though I'm not an expert in any of those things, but just like as someone who knows enough to tell the difference between this and the previous twenty thousand Bond movies we reviewed, um, this this definitely I think is a step up, and feels like it is finally updated from like they, I don't know if it's something to do with the budget or or just a change in the creative leadership or what, but like someone had the idea of like okay let's make this look like a movie that looks like all the other movies that are in theaters at yeah. the time it is coming out. Yeah. Um, so that that was an improvement for sure. Um, my worst thing is just that this movie is just so sexualized. Sure, <laughs> everyone in this movie is just that's all they want. <laughs> it's all they're it's all they're about. Um, we we talked about this with with Batman Returns. Um, mm. It's maybe just something about the '90s. I don't know, uh, but it, it was very much the same feel for me. Where the Bond is not as like overly creepy. Uh, as Sean Connery, yes, um, you know, especially going to like a, a our 
you, you never say never again. Yeah, that one. Sean Connery when when he really just like went too far. Um, it's really not so much on Bond for me for this, but just I, I mean I think Fomka Johnson. I think she has. I like her performance in terms of it being more interesting and fun, and she's kind of trying to do more of a a, a campy. Yeah, interesting it, thing with it. It's it's funny that you mentioned her and Never Say Never Again because I thought she was kind of what they wanted the Fatima Blush character sure, and in that it's, movie and to it could, be. It could be worse, but um, it's it, <laughs> the, the scenes where she is being like trying to seduce, whether it's Bond, whether it's the Admiral. I thought it was just <laughs> embarrassing. Like I. I, I I, I mean, I'm not not for her performance necessarily, but just like the setup and what they were trying to do, like it's very over the top. Um, I don't know. It, it I just so found basically it the concept unsettling. of her squeezing people with her thighs to kill them just did not. No, that I mean, that's not really work. what it is. It's the entire scene. I don't even know where to like just. I don't know how much writing there was for the scene. I, do, I don't know what the th- like. There's there's a, a, a running back and forth with her and and. Oh, what is, isn't there something with her and Bond where like they keep saying something back and forth? Am I making that up? Is, are these all running together for me? Yeah, well, there, there's a little back and forth where um, something about like the pleasure will be all yours, yes, or something like that. Yes, yeah. um, and and she's just like constantly. I don't know. <laughs> just I, every time that happened in this movie, I was like, "What are you doing?" And then she gets killed off. On ceremonies in a very confusing way by like getting her back. Like I feel like yeah. the 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 thought on like this it, when it was written on the script, it was like, oh, this will be you know she'll get crushed between two tree trunks. Okay, this, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like she got she she crushed men with her thighs or whatever. But then in in execution, it's just like the hel- like I thought when when she g- gets dragged off because she's attached to a helicopter and, and Bond shoots a helicopter or something. It, it, it's like a bungee cord or something. not bungee cord, but it's like the the thing where you rappel yes. down. Yes, and uh, so the helicopter crashes and, and it drags her off and she gets stuck in a tree, but she just kind of like hits the tree and dies. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was maybe like, not it, like, like... No, it, they, there's, a, there's a few shots of her struggling and, and like... Well, no, like, uh, clearly it's like pulling her. Dying. But no, no, I, I'm not saying it doesn't show her dying. I'm saying it doesn't show what's killing her. Yeah, because it, it's like pulling her and she's like up against the tree and she's hitting it. Yeah. And then she's she's stuck there. And then she dies. It, it looked like, like it was maybe compressing her chest so much I, that it I was guess. suffocating her, but that wasn't made very clear. Yes. It I, was kind of like the sliding door and the, the I feel like, other one. Yes, I feel like there's a very easy way to fix that of just have it be like maybe she gets crushed under a tree, sure. something like that, if you're trying to do something like that. like it, Because but the Bond has the line where it's like, oh, well, she always did like a nice squeeze. And it's like, okay, sure, fine. Yeah. But, but again, Brosnan handles the the terrible, <laughs> terrible one-liners like a, like a champ. Um, but that, that doesn't really li- – like he says that, but it, she, it doesn't really – we're not clear on what exactly happened to her. Like it, it, yeah. it would make just as much, as much sense to say, oh, she, she broke her back getting slammed into the tree. Right, yeah. Like that's – we really don't know exactly. I, I suppose that's fair. I didn't really think of that while I was watching yeah. it. It was, was kind of weird. Yeah. But then also um, Nadal, N- Natalia. Yeah. Um, she – again, I, I really appreciated the fact that it was like, oh, she's – for the first half of the movie or so, she's doing her own thing. And like wearing clothes that aren't all cleavage sure. like <laughs> But like she's, she's just a character. She's yeah. Just, she's just yeah. trying to get this figured out. And at the end of the movie, she does um, 
help like she she hacks the yeah the system and, and everything. she's also but, wearing like army fatigues in the last yeah yeah no she action part she she does get knocked out at one point for a little while but then i think doesn't she get back up and isn't doesn't she hit vanka johnson or something yeah because yeah, no yeah. well that's so that's, that's a, when they both crash from the hell which the, was the a point crash where i thought i thought they had just killed her off and i was like are you kidding me but that was <laughs> the, it worked out well i like i think she's well used in the ending um, she she like threatens the guy to make him. She is the, the one that saves the day. She causes yeah. the GoldenEye satellite to crash. Yes. Um. And so so ultimately, her character I'm not I, I I think is actually pretty well done, especially for these movies. But she um they they get captured, Bond and and, and Nadalia do, um and they get taken to I think like the Russian director, and then he gets killed, and then they get boarded on a train with Sean Bean. Um, well, you're leaving out a whole action set piece, but yes. I, I, no, but I'm, I'm trying to get to the, the point that I'm trying to talk about, because I'm trying to connect the dots of how we got here. Um, basically, like, we get to that point, and uh, they bond and, and her escape off the train, and the train explodes. And basically, at that point, she's like, I'm going to have sex with you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, that, that, flip, just that like, flip is so right bad. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they, they literally get off. That's, and that's kind of how I felt with the Pam Bouvier thing on the sure, boat in sure, License sure. to Kill. It felt like they had just repeated that scene. Yes, yes. And and it's like they ha- they get off the train. They're like, she's like, oh well, I'm never getting on a vehicle with you again. And he's like, oh, it's standard operator- operating procedure, you know, to blow up blow up vehicles. Like it's a little bit fun, fun little flirting chemistry type thing. And then she's just like, what else is standard operating yeah. procedure? And yeah. then it's just like, oh. Oh, we're okay. You you literally were trying to figure out what his name was like 10 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's uh, it's a lot. Um Sean Bean is super creepy in this. He's to very, her. he's really um, good in this movie. I mean, although it's it's interesting that they don't try and have some kind of relationship between him him and Xenia. Sure. But they but they do try to have him like be super creepy to Natalia. Yeah, I wanted to. And I wanted to touch I, on I that. I actually kind of like that as an idea. If he's supposed to be a dark mirror for Bond and sort of exploiting but, all of the things that Bond like is kind of guilty of. He specifically has the line "We shared everything." Right. He, he, and, so my nah. my read on this, <laughs> and I may be getting this more from Sean Bean's again very good performance. Sure. But my read is that supposedly. Because he, he he says something to James about uh, I know him well enough to be on we're first name basis. Um, <laughs> he says something like "lovely girl, she tastes like strawberries," and James like I wouldn't know. And they immediately cut to Sean Bean. He goes, "I do," or like I would know. And he's got this like his eyes light up yeah. like I got something that you didn't get. I sure. beat you something that it was this. Like, so I was like. And I think he says things about, like, I win, you don't. Like, yeah. I, it was just a comp- competition thing. At the end of the movie, when he's got the gun pointed at him, he's yeah. like, I, I was always better than you. Right. So, so, it, so my, my, my read on this whole thing was, like, I'm – when he's, like, licking uh, the, the Natalia's face and everything and being really creepy, it's, it's the Dark Mirror of Bond thing, but it's also – I'm gonna take what Bond. I, I want to get something Bond never got. Sure. I'm, I'm his. We're competitive. I'm. He always got everything. What about me? You know, I didn't even get the the ring. You know, it's this whole thing, which rhymed. But he. But at the same time, I was watching, going, did they did they set this up? 
Like yeah. in the opening of the movie, they seem to just be getting along and be pals. Yeah. Right. So then he comes back and he's like, I'm mad at England because of Russia or whatever his thing yeah. is. But then where did this weird competitiveness come with Bond? It's not like Bond is really condescending or like – and, and I, if I ever rewatched the movie, maybe Bean is playing things in the, in the opening that I could see the thread. So again, I, I, I may be re- like overly reading into this, but like that was my read on it is that he – he had always been jealous of Bond, so now he's just trying to like – He's doing all – like the plan is about his parents or whatever, but these little interactions like with Natalia and, and whatnot is to one-up Bond, True. to to be the dark mirror of Bond and also to have what, what Bond, uh, quote-unquote, failed to get. Sure. Right. I still don't like it. Oh, yeah. No, it's still <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable. I think it's very – Well, because think... it's an unearned level of creepiness. Yes. I think we're actually all on a very similar page in terms of what we liked about the movie and what we didn't. Maybe. Um, Let's, all right. <laughs> do, do your best and worst, and then we'll talk about things. <laughs> because best, I have other things I don't like. That my best thing, I'm having a hard time determining between just the overall cast and, and all of the set pieces. Because, like I said, I don't so have the a whole people lot of, or the movie? <laughs> I don't people, have a whole places. lot of nostalgia for <laughs> the the video game like i said so yeah. it's it's interesting that some of these set pieces which are in the video game like uh-huh. i they, like i actively remember stuff that happened in this movie like the whole opening with the dam and and going in and and, and the shootouts and stuff like i said i always love a good bond shootout and there's mm-hmm. the, those are, are a plenty in this movie um and then the the escape where he dives off with the motorcycle to catch the plane i don't know about the geography <laughs> of that facility <laughs> But it's a Bond movie, so we're moving on. <laughs> that was a uh, that was something. Maybe there was just a big elevator somewhere that we just missed. <laughs> it was it was neat, but it was like oh yeah, this is. A... However, complaint complaint number one uh, after oh. the other complaints I've already made. Um, the plane comes flying up over the ridge, and I was like Bond theme, <laughs> Bond theme. Oh, you're do right. It. They don't do that, do they? And it's just – because I think it's very similar to – don't they do that in The Spy Who Loved Me? Yes. Where, where the hang glider comes up over the ridge and the, the it, he's got the Jack Union Jack or opens. the parachute and then it's like – Like I was waiting for it and they don't. And I was like – because it's like, oh, did the plane crash or did it not? And then he flies up over and it would have been a great moment to just blare it. And I don't think they really do that at all in this movie, which made me sad. Yeah, it's a little subdued. Um but yeah, I, I like that. I like everything that happens at the Servanaya facility with it just kind of blowing up and then Xenia like murdering everyone beforehand like the horror movie. Um, I like the, the tank chase. Uh, I like everything with the ending. Like the, the end facility stuff with, with the, the satellite dish and yeah. everything is kind of exactly – I'm going to put it to you this way. I think this is the close that the Bond series has gotten in terms of making like a big, dumb, fun action movie. Sure. I would agree. Mm-hmm. It, kind of like like if we're if we're doing opposite ends of things I like in Bond. If we're doing like dumb action movie and then like serious character study, yeah. almost like you got Casino Royale on one end and Goldeneye on the other. Yeah, <laughs> for me. Um, so yeah, I really loved all the set pieces and the and the the action sequences. All that stuff really worked for me. Um, but then on top of that, like I think everyone is really really well cast. Sure. Um. I don't want to just say the characters because a lot of them are kind of one note or, or not handled in the best possible way, like Tyler has mentioned. Um, but Judy Dench is wonderful. Um, She's Rob- in this a lot less than I thought she'd be. Yeah, she only in like yes, one but- or two scenes. 
Yeah, but she has a very memorable. Oh, she's great. Scenes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just thinking she'd be in more. I think she's actually one of the very effective. Like, like in terms of our our problems with the, the money penny scene. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that is sort of counterbalanced with Emma immediately calling Bond on all of his BS. Yeah, sure. Um, which is nice. It's a nice touch. Um, Robbie Coltrane as Zukovsky, the sure. gangster. That might be my favorite scene of the whole movie because hmm. you've just got Minnie Driver in a, in a little cowboy hat singing terribly in the background while Zukovsky's trying to have this serious conversation. Like it's all great. I don't know. Yeah, this is the second film we've reviewed where uh, Minnie Driver has done a, a broad, excuse me, a broad accent and sung badly on purpose. That is true. After Phantom of the Opera. Mm, that's true. Although, wasn't she dubbed in that one? Is she yeah, I think you're one? right. I don't, I don't. I don't think she's dubbed in this. One. I think. I mean, she she can sing, but I think she was intentionally right. singing badly. Yeah, she was right. funny in this. Um, I really like all of the villains. Um, obviously, we talked about Sean Bean and Famke Johnson. Um, but even like the guy who plays Ormov, I've never seen him in anything else. But I thought he was super memorable in terms of the like generic Russian general role. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that guy has such a unique looking face. I think that 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 helps. I call him yeah, ugly. that. I also feel like he's got a very unique voice. Interesting, I'll say. <laughs> but even like that scene where um, Bond and Natalia are captured, and and the the generic Russian like minister guys is interrogating them. Yeah, and Ormov just runs and he's like, "I must protest," and he's like completely unhinged. I liked all that stuff. And it, like, grabs Bond's gun. I've seen this gun before. Now, now, now uh, clear some up for me there, uh, yeah. Alex. When when he, when he Bond and Natalia are captured and they're talking to Ormov, Ormov, does he free them and then they shoot him? I was a bit confused on that myself because Ormov is trying to set it up that Bond killed the minister. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... Although, why wouldn't you just shoot Bond with the gun and then put – or shoot him and Natalia and put the gun in Bond's hand and be like, I wrestled it from him or something. You You've know? complained before about these movies where, where the villains have many chances to kill Bond and they don't. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, also, Sean Bean then Bond, has him dead Bond to should immediately kill ten times in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All that was very weird. Yes. Um. Alan Cumming is like the greatest side character in any Bond movie ever. Yeah, um, I'm invincible. A lot of fun, and like even even his death is super memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was fun. That was good. I don't know. I ju- I just really got a kick out of all of them. Um, and Speaking I, of I, <clears throat> the just just to, to tie this back around to my worst thing because I can't oh. let you enjoy yourself. Oh, okay. His password for the thing is knockers. And later chair. But later it's like it's yeah. supposed to be a joke about how she thinks it's it's butt or something. Right, right. <laughs> but right. it's actually chair. <laughs> like Well isn't it isn't it supposed to be a switcheroo? Because he thinks it or she thinks originally because she sees the password for the first time, she's like, Oh, he likes he likes like sex jokes. Yes, that's like that. that's what I just I, said. I was hoping you were say, Oh, he likes butts. That's what I was just saying, is that she But then they do a switcheroo where it's not actually yeah. that, it's chair. No, like, that's what that's what we were just saying though, is that, yeah. that what's we your were problem? Just explaining this. I'm I'm saying that the, my point was the password was knockers. <laughs> but then also the joke later is that they think it's a sex joke, but it's not. But then this this kid is also clearly obsessed with it's it to me, I'm specifically more talking about the first thing. I thought the second part was kind of dumb, but that's not necessarily the same problem. Um, I'm okay. Talking about the, I'm talking about the fact that the, 
the, this movie has a joke about knockers. <laughs> Can you guys tell that we're recording a little bit later than usual? Because we said knockers now four times. So I just get your bleep button ready, okay? We're about to hit you with something. <laughs> Which is great, because if, if I just went through and bleeped it, then it wouldn't make any <laughs> like, sense. What are they Nobody saying? would know what we're talking about. Suddenly there's tens of copies of GoldenEye being rented. <laughs> um, I think uh, just to be the nitpicky person that I can be... Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club. <laughs> the, uh, the the catchphrase of I am invincible, invincible is fun. I felt like there was always this little beat before he said it that maybe it was the editing or the performance where it's like the movie went, get ready, guys. <laughs> I am invincible. Ah, he said it. Do you want the shirt? We have him in the lobby. I don't know. It always felt a little old telegraph. What is the name of it? I, I didn't. This is also coming remember. from the guy who rewatched Inglorious Bastards recently, which Christoph Waltz gestures too much in this movie. <laughs> so what do I know? I did not pick up on that, or I, I did not have that that issue. Oh yeah, but, I mean this is um, I'm super. My bad. first thought was that what's what's the guy from uh, Community? Do you know who I'm talking about? Jim Rash? No, no, no. The, the, there's a kid on Community who every time he shows up. Uh... Oh, dang, what is his name? I'm gonna look this up. Continue. Okay, Alex, you talking while Tyler looks up a kid. Okay. <laughs> From a TV show. Uh, just a couple more oh, Kids search. Joe Don Baker is fun and a lot more yes. interesting than his other character in Living Daylights. Um, yep. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm remembering Mystery Science Theater. Um, and then uh, Desmond Llewellyn's Q scene is oh, one of my yeah. favorites. This is where Desmond Don't Llewellyn's... Don't touch that! He's starting it's to show my his... lunch! He's starting to show his age, which made yeah. the scene both a little sadder for me and a little sweeter. Right. That, like, he's the he's the one, like... I know Cubby's still going strong and eternal. I believe this was... An eternal star. I believe Cubby, unfortunately, passed away during the production of the next movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So well, basically, like, I, Cubby so Broccoli, like, I, I believe one of his last big actions was getting Pierce Brosnan cast. Interesting. Hmm. Um, well, well I, my, 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 the thing is, Desmond Llewellyn is, like, the last thing from the old movies. And so since this movie looks and feels so different from the last 12 or whatever I've seen, to have him show up is, like – because I've always – I you know, I liked him in the other movies. He was never my complaint. So I was like, okay, that's kind of the nice, like, hey, guys, we're still doing James Bond. Everything's different, and ladies have pants now. But, like, <laughs> we, still, we still got old Sometimes. Sometimes. The, 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 this is now far too late to be funny, <clears> but the joke I was thinking of was on Community, the, the kid, pop, 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 the kid. Pop, pop, yes. 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 Pop, pop. <laughs> what was his name? Magnitude. 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 Oh, he was great. Yes. I remember Magnitude. He played uh, Lee Jordan in the Harry Potter films. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. The more you know. Yeah. What's your worst thing? Um, my worst thing is going to be that this movie hints at interesting ideas and doesn't do anything near following up on them. Sure. Um, and we already talked about this a bit with with kind of what Al Trevelyan is supposed to represent mm-hmm. for Bond mm-hmm. and kind of being his his mirror. Because I, I think I've said this before. I think the most interesting Bond villains are the ones that are able to do that. That's why I'm yep. so interested in like Christopher Lee's character in The Man with the Golden Gun or like Silva and Skyfall. I think that's why he's super interesting. Whenever they're able to actually like challenge Bond and make him kind of look at himself and, and his own flaws. Yeah. Um, or that mirror that he fought at the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it really raises the question, you know, did, did, did Bond create his own villains? Right. You know, it has a lot to say about vigilante uh, MI6s. 
Vigilante Governments? Yeah, Vigilante Governments. <laughs> That's a great band name. Take that. <laughs> That's actually a really good band name, yeah. <laughs> I'll write that down. It's all Dead Kennedys covers. <laughs> The the other big scene that comes to mind in terms of wow that kind of came out of nowhere sounds like an interesting idea but you do nothing with it is um when Natalia and Bond are at the beach house and they're about to go on the mission and she's like so you're gonna have to go confront him and he's like your best friend but you're gonna kill him in cold blood like what is wrong with you like is that all you know how to do and he's like that's the only thing that keeps me alive mm-hmm. um I'm like this movie's not about that. Why is that this suddenly a thing? This this feels like like a last ditch effort to try and get us emotionally invested. Even though, as a pure like Bond action adventure spectacle, like I'm I'm in. Yeah. There's another line I I, I think from maybe later in the movie, uh, where I believe he's talking to uh, Sean Bean, and he says, I. I can't remember the exact context, but Sean Bean said something along the lines of, I can't stop any more than you can um, sleep with the the voices of your, your dead, the men you've killed. I, I can't remember what it is now. But it's something it, very it, similar. It's, it's something about like, oh, do you, do you sleep with all these women to try and escape all the violence in your yes. life? Or try yes, and yes, forgive yes. your – seek solace in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was like, do they make up for all the women you have failed to save? Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really interesting line. This movie's not about that. <laughs> and Bond never <laughs> seems to act that way. I, um, the, I think the only kind of effective setup and payoff that kind of means anything for me is the, the – um, for England line between Trevelyan and, and Bond. Sure. Um, because it ends up being like, oh, like, Trevelyan's completely full of crap when he said that in the first place. Like, he absolutely hates England. And, of course, Bond is it's like, that's <laughs> that's that's what drives him. King Captain or Queen and country. <laughs> um, uh, this does... So I, I don't. I don't know. I, I do. I do like when when Bond. Like I don't know if it's just like Pierce Brosnan's performance or whatever. But like when he says no for me, and then he drops Trevelyan. I like that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to it. This this movie I, hints at interesting stuff and stuff sure. that I would really want explored in a Bond movie more than than this does because it really doesn't. Kind of leads into something. Another problem I have with this movie, or just something that kept me from getting super invested in it. I felt like the dialogue was very expository and mm. sort of overdone. Um, That's fair. I specifically we, noticed that... We never that, really get into Bond's head in this movie. Yeah. I found I, that problematic. I specifically noticed that with Sean Bean a lot, where, like, he would start talking and, and he would say a lot of things, kind of like what you're saying, where it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Is that Does that mean anything? And it's like, ah, oh, not really. I do like the villain plot. I like the, like the idea of sure. what they're trying to do. And I like... I, I like Trevelyan's background and sort of like the the Leon's Cossack thing that they mm-hmm. kind of explain. I don't know. I, I found all that stuff really interesting. It kind of what did that come up on a on a background search <laughs> for a for a secret agent? Don't, an orphan. I, I believe they mentioned. Do that. they mention I think, that? I think okay. Bond actually asked him. He's like, how how did MI six not uncover that when they they? And he's like, they knew. They all knew. <laughs> Which the the idea was like, oh, he's descended from Russians who. Betrayed. There were the Russians, Russians who fought against, who fought with, alongside the Nazis against the communists during World War Two. Yes, England gave them a chance to to kind of escape and and like join their side. Yes, um, but ended up actually leaving them with the communists yes. for death, basically. Yeah. Um, and somehow Trevelyan's family was able to escape, but they ended up. 
I think he said, like, his parents committed suicide? Yeah. Or something? There's a lot of plot in this movie. Um, I don't understand Trevelyan's plan until we get halfway through the movie. And by that I mean I literally don't get the stuff that happens beforehand. Like him faking his death at the beginning. Yeah, let's... Can we we stick on that? What is Bond... What did Bond do that was a problem? (laughs) Because Bond sets the timer to three minutes, right? Right. Right. To explode the factory. He sets it to six minutes originally, but then he changes it to three minutes. He changes it to three. And then that... And then we see the facility blow up at yes. the end of that sequence. Right. And I guess the idea is that it burned half of Trevelyan's right. face. Right. But Bond did that, and Trevelyan later mentions it. And there is – I do like the callback of, like, he says, oh, it's six minutes just like you gave me when they're trying to, like, get out of the helicopter. And it's like, right. oh, we actually have three minutes. Or, that's fine. Um, but Trevelyan is at gunpoint. And then they shoot him, but not. But I don't know. Which is weird. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if he, him, and Urmov are already like best pals because Because he shoots him point blank. But so he should be dead. But and then and then Urmov uses his gun to kill another soldier who tries to shoot or who shoots out of line. Right. So Maybe it's clearly he, not. Did, well, did, did he have uh, one blank in it? <laughs> I got two. I got two options for you. He either deliberately missed, or he's sure. got one blank. <laughs> that's it's a lot. Oh no, um, no, that's 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 very hackneyed. That was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, and, so so. Let me get this straight. Trevelyan intentionally fakes his death because he knows six years down the line there's going to be this golden eye device that he and Ormov yes. can then use to try and destroy the world economy. But like, then he. I, He's going to hold Bond setting the timer shorter against him. I don't understand. Like, Bond had given him up for death. Bond was basically at that point like, oh, he's – they're going to kill him. Yeah. So, I like, don't know it what's doesn't going on in, I don't know what's going on in Trevelyan's head at that moment. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It would have been great if, like, after the, the fake gunshot, Trevelyan had been like, oh, no. I, uh, uh, so, so cold. <laughs> uh, no, he, and he literally Orloff, does or 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 Orloff or or B or whatever his name is is like no <laughs> and they're all just like really overselling no. it and Orbach keeps looking at Bond like uh look what I Aren't did oh, I oh, I'll shoot friend? other people too oh he's so he, I'm so <laughs> nasty <laughs> Sean Bean literally does the monologue of Boromir from the end of Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> and you see him, like, throwing, like, red crepe paper out from the side of his head, like, Oh, no! Can I just lay down in your bed a little while? What is a dog's purpose? And then he goes, <laughs> Bond! The treasure's in the... Guys, can we make a movie called A Bean's Purpose where it is about <laughs> Sean Bean, all of his characters dying and reincarnating as each other? Oh Why not? So like Trevelyan reincarnates as the guy – or the kid from the field reincarnates as Trevelyan reincarnates as Boromir reincarnates as Ned Stark. Don't forget uh, – Does that mean his last – yeah. his, his last life is the guy from – National Treasure yeah. who doesn't or, die. Not the guy That's... from National Treasure 3, but yeah. the guy who presumably will show up as an undead monster. In Only Josh Gad is still his internal monologue. So Sean Bean's walking around all like broad-chested and awesome and being like... You've, you've taken this from a good bit to just a thing I need to happen. To where he's like, yeah, it's amazing that so small a thing could turn nations. And you hear Josh Gad going like, 
I thought it was kind of a pretty ring, but I didn't really understand why everyone was fighting over it. Are these little children? I don't understand. Why are their feet so hairy? I'm just oh my, the scene in the scene of him figuring out who the Joffrey's parents who Joffrey's dad. Is. I was looking around and it seems like I think Robert well, They have blonde hair. Robert And they have blonde hair, but they have black hair. Robert's been kissing a lot of people, I think. Guys, they say winter is coming, but I can't wait for summer in summer etc. This is playing during the execution scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has a really big sword. I wonder what he's going to do with that. Well, on to my next adventure. And then he's in, like, whatever else he's in. All right, Britton, now I need a full-length commentary track. I don't care what movie it is, but it's it's Josh Gad doing the commentary. I need Every this. time over over all of Sean Bean's scenes in, like, North Country, when Frances McDormand is lying there, like, with her terminal illness, this lady seemed really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I'm going to dance with her at a party. <laughs> Sexual assault's terrible is what this movie's about. D- during Jupiter Ascending, there's just, he has one <laughs> he line, he has, he has one line, and it's just, I don't really know what's happening here. <laughs> they just move on. When they're in Black Death with Eddie Redmayne, he's like, is that the Danish girl? <laughs> is it okay that that happened? Well, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really like this. <laughs> what what was I? What were we talking about that I interrupted for this? <laughs> Who cares? Ah, uh, you're Probably right. Hey, actually, here's a good uh, Pierce Brosnan. What do you guys think? Um, I thought he was perfectly adequate. Yeah, I really enjoyed him in this. Look, that is one handsome son of a beasting. I think in terms of. I think he's got the best balance of all of the elements that people kind of gravitate to when it comes to Bond. I would I think agree. He, I think he's able to handle the comedic stuff just as easily as he can handle the serious stuff. I think yes. all of the other actors previously can – they tend to either lean one way or the other. They can't do both, yeah. and I think he excels at both. You said that he was more like Roger Moore, and I definitely saw that. And I think that's why I – another thing that helped me enjoy it is because I – obviously I'm a big – I really enjoyed Roger Moore stuff. But yeah, yeah I thought Brosnan His, his is, movies tend to lean more into the, the slightly comedic, like well, yeah. winking at the audience type feel that Roger Moore movies go for. So Yeah, yeah. And, and Brosnan was, was funny, and I, I mean like – Again, look, Brosnan's still handsome nowadays. Like, this is TV's Pierce Brosnan from The Sun, guys. But he sure. he's still, like, he's so handsome. Like, it's crazy. Well, I told you, I, I told both Here's of you, right? Here's a question. He, he was Who's the best looking Bond? See, this is the tricky thing. Here's I a question. No, no, no. Here's a question that is both silly and serious. Is he too handsome? Because I kind of felt like he was too handsome. I kind of felt like it was too... Like a lot of what makes Sean Connery work is that he's sort of rugged, sure. And like sure. he's he's got this like burly. Yeah, I'm a secret agent. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm a spy. It's almost silly. Sure. And Roger Moore as well, sort of like Roger Moore. Obviously, is, is a good looking dude, but like he yeah. also he he like his his expressions are kind of funny. Like, and his was so much his charm. I think. Yes, was, yes, was he's very charming. Where like Pierce Brosnan, I feel like is playing it very straight, and he's just this very like pretty looking man who's yeah, just yeah. like. Like, he delivers the lines well and everything. I mean, I don't think his performance is bad, but I, just, I don't know how I feel about yeah. the overall casting. I, I, of- I see I th- what you mean. 
I think he's got the best um, version of the name's Bond, James Bond. Oh, that was good. When he says that after the the Baccarat game, which once again, I'm a sucker for for a good card game um, scene in one of these movies. uh, I thought that all that stuff, he, he... Top notch. <laughs> well, I think too. So uh, each one kind of had their own like quality that they brought to it. Connery had the ruggedness. Moore had the charm. Dalton was like the swashbuckling, uh, debonair kind of thing. And Brosnan's just like a total hunk. And Craig is mean <laughs> <laughs> and old and old and blonde. Why? Well, I, which I is think- so with Roger Moore. Once again, I, I think it helps that I, I believe that Pierce Brosnan can do I, – I don't I, – I think there are some places where you can clearly tell it's a stunt person. I don't think they yeah. do quite as good of a job hiding it as they have for the past couple of movies with yeah. Dalton. Um, but I do act – like when he's fighting Sean Bean at the end, like I believe Yeah. It. Oh, there's like a – where he like jumps off of, of a tank or something and lands on his feet. Like that's yeah. Brosnan. Like that's him. This is yeah. why I asked you, Alex, uh, over our group message, who was the youngest Bond? Because I wondered if it was Brosnan when, when they started. So, Obviously it was Lazenby. No. I, it might have been though because I, I don't – I think I may have mentioned this. He was supposed to be the Bond that followed Roger Moore. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, He was originally cast but then I believe – Believe another television network picked up his show Remington Steel after it had been canceled. Okay. The, literally the day it, he was going to be announced as the next Bond. Oh wow! So instead they they brought on Dolph. That's right. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. so uh, I think that helps is that he's a younger guy, so he can like do all of those moves and run so much. Here's here's a question. Two two things. First of all, here's a question. Is his performance any better or worse in the next three movies such that we can go ahead and create content by ranking the Bonds here instead of waiting until the end? <laughs> I think his performance matures a little bit. Hmm. Um, I don't know. The problem is once we get to particularly Die Another Day, because I don't know... I honestly don't know how, how we're going to all feel about the next couple of movies, but Die Another Day is... Like most people consider, like it's the really bad one. Hmm. Um, that's Halle Berry. <sighs> yes, yes, it is. That's okay. Halle Berry. That's Invisible Car. Like it goes nuts. Um, giant laser shooting stuff, like shooting down from space. You keep saying um, things I like <laughs> until you see the movie. Um, sure. But I don't know. I, I feel like they try and shove in more and more, just like one-liners and kind of cheesy dialogue for Pierce Brosnan, particularly in that one. So I don't know. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, well, this is also the movie that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, then in that case, I definitely want to continue with ranking them, but I want to interrupt this uh, with a quick segment on the fact that as, looking at, as I was looking up Sean Bean uh, roles, he apparently at one point was in a series of, te- of British television films uh, based oh, sure. around... Yes, based yeah. around a soldier named Richard Sharp. I was telling you about and, this earlier. Okay, I completely I must have missed that entirely because like that's just a fascinating like it's a series apparently it's based on novels and it's a series of television films that are like Sharp's Eagle. And yeah. Sharp's Enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh one is just Sharp's Waterloo. <laughs> uh at the Battle of Waterloo. Yeah. And and I'm just I'm just fascinated by this. It's very British, like everyone involved. It's it's written by Egan Harris and Russell Lewis and Colin McDonald. Huh. It the the books were written by Bernard Cornwell. Like these are all just very, very 
directed by Tom Clegg. Yeah, like, these are all extremely like Bernard Cornwell, who wrote uh, the Arthurian trilogy, The Warlord Chronicles, of which I am reading the first mm-hmm. right now, The Winter King. It's quite good. Um, it's just yeah, fascinating. To me. It is. Well, and, and that because just, I was screen, I was scroll- scrolling through, and I just saw like, oh, there's like four things here. What is yeah. this? What's happening? Well, that then suggests to me that when he would see the hobbits, Josh Gad's voice would say, "Look at all these Napoleons." <laughs> Huh. Yeah, I um. That's very good. I would need to see the other Bond movies, the other Brosnan movies, before I could like aptly compare him to the others. Well, I'm going to compare him to the others. Um, I so think, I think I I I do think that we need to watch at least his third film. The world is not enough before we can really gauge his performance. Because I also would have rated Dalton a lot lower well, before I saw but, License to Kill. And that's the interesting thing is that like I feel like. Dalton, because he only has two, I can very clearly be like, I didn't like that performance, I liked the other performance. Whereas yeah. Brosnan, I feel like as we watch the other three, even if there's one particularly that stands out, like with <clears throat> Roger Moore, it went back and forth, and with Sean Connery, it went back and forth. But because they got multiple movies to flesh it out, it's kind of like, okay, well, I, I, I have a full picture of that. Uh-huh. So I feel like I'm not going to feel that differently, such that I can say... Like, unless we were ranking individual movie performances, I feel like I would be okay splitting up Dalton's two performances, but I think everyone else I would I would feel like, oh yeah, I can just say it's Brosnan or it's more or it's yeah, Connor. Yeah. Um obviously we haven't seen like you said, we haven't seen the other movies, so maybe by the end of it I'll be much higher on him or much lower on him. But like I'm just was gonna say basically that at this point I feel like he is probably above I mean above Lazenby, of course, and probably above Timothy Dalton in uh, The Living Daylights. Yeah. Uh, that one. And, and I might I might have to split up split off Sean Connery in <laughs> Never Say Never Again <laughs> just as one I was going to say just like Sean Connery in the first three or four movies versus the rest of Sean Connery's movies. Sure. But <laughs> I feel like I would put him right at that where it's like it's not bad. Put Brosnan right at that where it's like it's not bad. But he's he's the last line before all the other ones that I do consider bad. Um, I I really did not vibe with him much at all in this. That's strange. I I, I it is one of those things where I, th- I think whichever actor or actors you you grew up with for the most part is kind of the ones that you're attached to the most. So maybe that's why I kind of have an affinity for Brosnan, even though sure. I still think Daniel Craig's the best of the bunch. Um, so, like, with you, considering you don't really have any nostalgic ties to Bond Correct. anyway, like, I don't know, your your read on it is, like, completely different. Yep. I don't and know. I think, similarly, even though I didn't watch any Bond movies for years, like, when I, the, when I was first aware of James Bond, it was Brosnan. Mm. Right. And so even though, like, I don't, I don't know what the first Bond movie I saw was, but that was for years I was like, oh, yeah, James Bond, he looks like Pierce Brosnan. That's, that's like... The mark. Yeah. Interesting. This is also the movie that taught me that, oh yeah, these movies aren't really smart. In, in, not that they're not clever in some ways. And that I, don't, I don't think they're dumb. I think they're like very middle of the road. Yeah, some of them are. Kind of <laughs> some of them, certainly. But Tyler I, and I have the scars to prove it. <laughs> it's like uh, in Jaws or something. This one. Yeah, this is from Moonraker. <laughs> Yeah, well, over there, I got this one from 
I don't know what Sean see, Connery see did. these these two that just take up the entirety of my back. Those are both from you only no, look no, twice. My, <laughs> my my scars go back to episode two of this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. We did yes, we did James <laughs> James Bond first, right? Isn't that how we no? Started? We did Transformers first. That was well, Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, fair. That's so not, that works that's even not what I was better. Going for, but, but, but really, we were talking about. Brosnan's ability with the jokes, I realized like so many of James Bond's quips are the most obvious joke. Yeah. And, and not just in this movie, but kind of, in, I'm sure there are some that are clever, but like even in the last movie where it's like, shark, bon appetit, it's like the joke equivalent to saying, excuse me, when somebody sneezes. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this is what you say. It's not like a joke. It's not a bad joke. It's not I a think- good joke. I it's, think it, it'd be like it, if you stabbed someone and went, oh, I think you got the point. Yeah, that's what you would say. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know which one. A lot do. of that. I think mm-hmm. that is used at some point. Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's, it's just like a thing. There's a bunch of, of like point and tip puns in yes. Die Another Day because there's a whole fencing sequence. So we'll oh, have God. to keep an eye out for that. Oh, cool. Madonna at one up. point, they're just like phallus and then they just keep going. <laughs> They may as well say that in that sequence. Later. I have stabbed you. <laughs> Get it? Interesting. I don't know. I feel like for that stuff, it's it like yeah, those those the one liners are all on on the surface. They're bad. It all depends on how the actor is able yes. to deliver it. And Brosnan and Moore are both able to. And, and it's not that they're necessarily corny. Is my problem because I don't mind a corny joke here and there. It's that they're so rote. Obviously, yeah. somebody wrote him. Hey, no. see, that's a corny joke that is fun. Hey, come on. But like, it, I don't know. It just it, that that occurred to me today. I was like, wait a minute, these aren't really jokes. Hey, for me, for me, I'm always considering like, well, I don't, I don't like my idealized version of Bond. Like, he's not throwing around quips and one-liners like that. I kind of like the idea that the comedy comes from the situation or from other people around him, True. and not necessarily him. I mean, Roger Moore had some great faces that he pulled. Yeah. So, like, no, that's that's very true. Um, I don't know. Just kind of depends. Sure. Well, now your favorite comedy is the Emoji Movie, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I watch that every day. Um, every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My favorite comedy is Uncut Chips. So. <laughs> Look, guys, guys. When I was watching this movie to prep for the podcast, it wasn't it wasn't me squeezing in the Emoji Movie that day. Of it course. was me squeezing in Goldeneye <laughs> that day. <laughs> well, Emoji Movie is just part of is just part of. It's part of your DNA at this point. You know, people, they, they wake up, they work out, they get breakfast, whatever. I just wake up and watch the Emoji Movie. Just get a big bowl of cereal in your jammies, watching the Emoji Movie. Oh, <laughs> a big bowl of Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, oops, all laughs with the Emoji Movie. <laughs> Name three characters from that film. <laughs> Smile Emoji, Cry Emoji, and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> No, you have to understand. I've listened to two different podcasts talk about this movie, so I know way more about it than I want. I to. also have no idea if they have names. Or... No, they they have names. Oh, See, that's goodness. that's the like thing. Like, Matt I, I'd see Smith, Smiler. Oh, I'm an old Jail, man jailbreak. I'm an old what? man who doesn't use emojis. So, like, I, I would you don't use emojis, help. but also like <laughs> this is I another level no removed from that. Like, we're not. I just <laughs> <laughs> victory Allen. Was seeing a trailer for the Emoji Movie, going, "Well, I just wouldn't get it. <laughs> go right over my head. I don't know what any of that is." No, no, no. The Angry Birds movie is what's going over your head. Uh, <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't even." 
do they have arms in the phone? Like, it's like that interview with Bill Hader where he's like, I've never seen friends. Isn't one of them named like Chambler or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait till we do the emoji movie for Valentine's Day. <laughs> are you, are you betraying me with my Guardians of Gahul? At this point, <laughs> if we just mention enough movies for Valentine's Day, we'll do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we do Sharps. Bouquet. <laughs> I don't know. That's the farce where he has to like, he's like, got to get to his bride or whatever on time. Get me to the church through, on time through the battlefield of the Napoleon. Yeah, exactly. There's like, whoa. Uh God, what else in this movie, huh? I did have other a few other plot things I kind of wanted to run by you guys. Take it away, about. Skipper. Um. Well, first off. The Russians, like every single Russian, is speaking English in in this. So I gotta, uh, I gotta immediately dock, dock points. But are for they that. talking to English speaking characters? No. Sometimes, but there's that whole sequence where Ormov is is uh, talking oh, to right, kind of right. the Russian leadership, and sure, sure, sure. everyone's <laughs> speaking English, not even trying. Yeah. What are we doing? Gotcha, gotcha. Um. So there's that. I was a bit confused on just the happenstance of Bond running into Xenia on a top not once but yes. twice. I had the same thought. So so the first time he just runs into her because they're racing pretty cars across the landscape, which is a, a Oh yeah, fun, that's, that's a whole a other fun thing. But bizarre sequence. I'll let you take it away, Tyler. Well I was gonna say because he's driving with his apparently like a, a, a Evaluator, for, oh, which is God, why thing. would you have an evaluator in the field? Yeah, like, wouldn't it be like, oh, Bond, you're grounded. Like, stay in the office for a month, and we're gonna have like a psych eval. <laughs> you know, like what they do in Skyfall. Yeah, um, and and Bond has the line where she's like, oh, I love a, a good ride as fast as the next girl, but but what do you think you're doing? And he's like, oh, well, that's the next girl. It's like a, I, I kind of like that line. I thought that, that was that was a it, dose of cleverness. It's it helps that because for a second I thought it was literally just oh he's he's driving this girl around and then like yeah. like as just like he picked this girl up because he's Bond. But right. at least there is a, there is another reason for her to be there. Um, but it's still like yeah it's it's just him trying to like show off and of course he he wins the race ultimately. Yeah. Um, oh, and because, he does get to the finish. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like he pulled out a bottle of champagne. I was oh, like, what God. does this mean? <laughs> I don't. Well, this is just like an booze. emoji. I don't have any clue. <laughs> what does this mean? Well, yeah, does because he does end up sleeping with the girl, right? Or at least oh, making yeah. out with her. Heavy so. Oh yeah. Heavy so. Heavily so. <laughs> so heavy. Expect Bumblebee to be beaming into anything space. Anything like the heavy side layer. <laughs> so uh, heavy yeah, so. A happens. golden eye story. And and he gets into a race with with. Bonkin Johnson. There is a great bit where uh, where it, it's it's really not that great, but it, it's great in my head. Um, where uh, there's a, a crowd of bikers driving along, and they're like playing up like, oh, they're gonna have to. And avoid by bikers, them. we mean like Lance Armstrong bike races. Yes, yes, like like, a, like about a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, and they're they're riding up the mountain, and they're as as uh, Pierce Brosnan and Bonkin Johnson are, are driving their cars around all real fast. And I just really like the idea of Bond just like plowing straight through, <laughs> just taking them out, yeah, murdering, yeah. murdering at least fifty people, just straight through. Keep on going, yelling bonus points the whole way. <laughs> and, and 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 the evaluator's like, um, did we just kill all those people? And Bond's just like, 
What people? <laughs> Bond's like, no, that doesn't kill people. Does that kill people? They're not people. Those are mice. I I did want to point out that during the tank sequence, their milkshakes. (laughs) During the tank sequence, he totally runs over five cars in ways that people would not be able to survive. But then they do cutaways to show the people crawling out. Sure, sure. And I thought that was kind of cheap. It's very Road to El Dorado, where they have to put it the ADR, the guy going, "I'm okay, I'm still okay," (laughs) because they went, "Oh, it's a kids movie." Yeah. Um. Yeah, so but that, yeah, like that whole thing he, happens. He he kind of stumbles across Xenia and like follows her because she's got like an illegal license plate and she's hanging out with this admiral. Yes. Um which is fine. Sometimes Bond just kind of stumbles onto a plot. That's not necessarily a problem. <laughs> the problem then A lot of Bond com- movies just kind of stumble onto a plot, I mean. There you go. But but the thing is like it then immediately like, it connects back to a previous mission that Bond went on. Like, just the convenience that Xenia on a top works with Alec Trevelyan. Like, it's... All mm. that stuff just felt super, super cookie-cutter. And not very well thought out. Um, but then... I need to ask... So, I, I, like I said, I really like the scene with Zukovsky and Bond making a deal with him of, like, Oh, hey, in- introduce me to, to Giannis, this... this um. Russian crime lord who ends up being Alec Trevelyan. Mm-hmm. Let, let me do this favor for you and you can introduce me. And this favor happens off screen. Um, Zukovsky doesn't introduce Bond to Yanis. Instead, Bond just runs across Xenia at this, this pool spa place. And then, like, forces her to take him to, to Trevelyan. I don't know. So... so the Zukovsky thing, from what I can tell, is utterly pointless as much as I like it. Remind me again why they stole the helicopter. So they could get into the Servanaya facility and escape because it is immune to EMPs. Now, remind okay. me what an EMP is. Like <laughs> every actually, movie that has I thought one. for sure they were going to explain it in this movie. They did. I actually liked they the did. way... Do they? Judy Dijon explains it. They they do explain it a bit. The the reason I like it more than normal EMP explanations is it's not so much about the effect of it. It's actually about the historical context and how they came oh, up sure. with it. And I guess also in 1995, that wasn't as much of a trope. It but is, they, so now. do they call it an EMP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, there there is that we do have an explanation for what an EMP is and what it does. I feel like I remember being excited. Maybe I just blacked out. I don't know. I, I think it handles it better than most kind of generic action movie sure. EMP Actually, oh, expository dialogue. But, like, haven't we explained it in this franchise? I think so. Didn't yeah, in the one in with, Christopher Vulcan, with Christopher Vulcan. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> Christopher Volkswagen. Avita say mein lieb schnitzel. But yeah, I, I, I think the first half of the movie, it has a lot of those weird plot problems, and I'm not sure if it's just like it's trying to do too many things, that it's having a hard time kind of making everything feel cohesive. Uh-huh. Um, but I think once we get to like the Bond and Natalia being in that little prison cell and then onwards, I think the plot becomes a lot more straightforward and like it has less of those problems. Yeah. Also, I do love a good sequence where they're just getting chased by a bunch of sh- soldiers and there's just gunfire everywhere. Yeah, this, has, this movie has a lot of just mowing humans. This is like one of those movies where they went, oh, humans aren't humans. They're just ragdolls that get destroyed, <laughs> that you hit with a bullet. 
Yep. And just like Which Bond uses his, his little grapple belt thing to swing across, and he has no idea when he's crashing through that window how far it goes down. <laughs> but then he just lands on top of a truck, yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember there was a shot where they're like at a beach resort thing, he and Natalia at some point. And I can't, some, some kind of plot happens. Okay. And he gets sad. <laughs> And he goes over, and there's this shot. It's a pretty shot of him sitting on the beach with his arms on his knees, just looking at the ocean. And I, I honestly expected him to go into a monologue about how he's scared of his powers and he doesn't <laughs> trust himself because he might lose control because the last time somebody got hurt. And he can't let that happen again, Natalia. I just don't understand why Natalia <laughs> won't sleep with me. <laughs> I just talked all about my powers and how I can't do stuff because of them. Okay. Normally, that's what they like. Okay, now I need to amend what she I, what I requested before. I need to amend what I requested before. Now I need you to do every James Bond movie, but nope. you are the voice inside James Bond's head <laughs> played by Josh Gad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that mean Octo – like there's eight cats? That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I was going in a different direction. Ew, what does Ew. that mean? <laughs> Jiminy thinks, James, I'd love to get a ride in one of those. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. James Did you guys think it was book. weird that we get, like, the BMW, like, we get the, the new top-of-the-line car, and then, like, we mention all the gadgets it has, and then we never use it? It is a shame that the gadgets are never used. I will take this opportunity to say I can't tell cars apart. That's Unless it's like a VW Beetle and like a Camry. I did like the exploding pen. That was good. That was, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Well, that also, happened. little touches like Bond has the little trip mines that he's setting up around the base and, and Trevelyan is able to be like, oh, did... Oh, you've got the new model watch. Does Q still disarm the bomb like this yeah. and he's able to use that knowledge against However, him? I like stuff like that. Trevelyan then proceeds to hold Bond at gunpoint while uh, the the code invincible guy is trying to figure out the code, and then he's like, "Oh, Bond!" Like, like Trevelyan is like, "Oh, something's up." He's looking at the pin. What's happening? What's what's this? And he yeah. does nothing. And then <laughs> something happens. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's, he he. I feel like at this point he would have just shot Bond. Probably, like, probably like halfway through the movie. <laughs> well, well, really, like when he's got the gun, and he's like Natalia, tell tell uh, Boris what to do, and she's like, "Go ahead, shoot him. He means nothing to me." And then yeah, he'd be like, like, "He okay. would have just been like, all right, bam, oh, sounds good." Yeah, we'll just torture you. All right, I guess. It, it is one of those things where it feels like it's trying to be different from other Bond movies, but at the same time, it's kind of embracing a lot of the tropes for better or yeah. for worse. I don't know. For sickness or for health. Oh, uh, what did we think about the song? I'm just trying to think of like other like things you need to hit. I don't. I I remember thinking that Tina Turner sounded really good because it's Tina Turner, but the song I felt was fine. I I have like no opinion on she the does my theme. Belt the chorus. She mm-hmm. belts the name of the mm-hmm. movie, and that's that's always a plus. Sure. Um, beyond that, it's whatever. Yeah, it was written by Bono and actual human named The Edge. Mm-hmm. So. I do find it interesting, kind of like the opening titles, how and, and kind of what the movie's going for is very, like, post 
Cold War, how does Bond kind of adapt to this time? So I had a thought during the opening titles. Um, yeah. Why am I watching this? Well, that. <laughs> no, but but more specifically, uh, I was I was sitting there watching this, and it's like the CGI, like it's these girls, and it's it, it's not really as like theatrical as the some of the earlier stuff, where it was like, oh, it's all these like half naked girls and you know, yeah, writhing around. And no, stuff. it feels it, it feels like there's been a lot more thought put into it. Yes, but like in a way that makes it. To oh, me, it, I felt it comes off creepier. Yes, like there, there's weird CGI the bit with, stuff. With the, the two women's heads kind of like stuck yes. together, and then one of them opens their mouth, and a gun comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, and, and the other one's got just got like a cigar in her mouth the, or something. The, yes, the thought I had watching this was, what did people do? While sitting in the theater as this played, <laughs> because like I we saw Spectre in in theaters together. I remember that, and I remember that that opening sequence is like this big trippy like sort of climax thing with a lot of the octopus and all the stuff or the squid, right. um, and like there you know so there's a lot going on there, and it's kind of like okay this is mild, this is mildly entertaining for my eyes, but like I'm trying to picture myself going to see this movie and getting two minutes of that. <laughs> and I realize that, like, the effects are it, – it It looks worse nowadays because this was sure. made in 95 or whatever. And it's like, okay, that that's – we've come a long way. Yeah. So, like, at the time, this might have been like, oh, that's really interesting. But I just – I can't imagine sitting in the theater, like, <laughs> like taking yeah. this in for a good – and being like, yeah, all right. That's when you get a refill on your popcorn because you've been jerking your popcorn bucket around so much during that amazing opening. Like it's all spilled mm-hmm. everywhere, so you got to get a refill on popcorn. There you go. And that's when you put your arm around your date. Isn't that right, Alex? Yeah. Wait, do you do you get the refill f- first? First. Or? Oh yeah. Oh, she's not. She is not going to let you put your arm around her if you do not have okay. popcorn. This is the early stage of the film. Absolutely. So it's a refill second. Well, <laughs> all right, all right, Britain. We got. We need the step by step here. Britain's date tips. Can first of all, don't go to a movie on your first date. You, have, you, can, you don't get a chance to get can to know each other. Can you give me a PDF? A PDF? Yes. Uh, can it have the instructions on the PDF? Yeah, it'll be like a yeah, yeah, with little drawings and everything. Yeah. I think we're done here. Yeah, I don't I've know said, if I have anything uh, else. Um, it is weird that we have the uh, Joe Don Baker's like, oh, just call on the radio and I'll send him the troops. Oh, yeah, he's a character in this movie. I really liked, actually, <laughs> the shot of all the soldiers getting up out of the grass. That was pretty cool. But, like... <laughs> and funny. Because they complained to him about, like, oh, well, you couldn't have shown up earlier? And then he's like, I was here the whole time. And it's like, there's a, the music swells like it's like, a, oh, oh, the armies, the cavalry's arrived. And it's like, they're done. They're good. They were about to have sex on the field. Yeah. On top of the soldiers. <laughs> Pretty much. What, what it would have been really funny is if Baker hadn't shown up and then they like, have a full love scene. And then you pan down <laughs> and you see a soldier's eyes like darting around like, oh. Sarge, Dad Zook, Sarge, I don't think this is what they what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, you just get you just get Sheriff J.W. Pepperwine. Now what the heck are you doing, boy? This is the jungle. <laughs> Why are you leading with that? Here, let me give you a Sergeant J.W.'s Pepper's tips to spice up your life. Your love life. <laughs> This one, this one's called the it's, the open parachute. It's, it's pepper and spice. Pepper spice. Oh yeah, I like it. And this, this one's this called one's... the evil Knievel. <laughs> this, this one's called the town crier. 
one's called the slide whistle. <laughs> Here's the old rob the butcher, give to the clerk. C minus. <laughs> that's actually that's actually more lenient than I was expecting from you. I there I think overall I like talking about the action in the set pieces. There there's stuff that I enjoyed. It it, it feels like more of a movie. And, and it's not too long. No, no, no. That. And the, it's not like I don't think there's a lot of stuff in this that is just terrible to me, but I there's not a lot that I really enjoyed. Right. I'll put it that way. Flat C, my highest bond grade to date. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go C+. Plus. <gasps> ha, ha, ha. That was our grades. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think it's kind of, in terms of just being a dumb, entertaining, action-filled Bond movie, yeah. this is kind of exactly what I want. But when it tries to be something more or it hints at being something more, that's when it kind of falls flat for me because if you're going to – stop I, – I really dislike when the Bond movies just hinted that stuff when, sure. when there's so much potential to make it more interesting and, and have it be – there's just so much depth that they can explore and they just don't. Yeah. Then he just took me back to 1995 and I was like, why am I not watching Cowboys of Moo Mesa right now, dudes? These are the questions we all ask ourselves. <laughs> or dinosaurs. Oh, man. I think you made that up. Oh, no, I did not. It doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, oh, I have such worlds to show you. Britain, what's your recommendation for this week? Uh, oh, boy. Um, let's see. Dinosaucers. So, dinosaurs. Honestly, though, get on YouTube, watch as much dinosaurs <laughs> media as you can find. Um, so I haven't watched a ton of movies this week. Um, since we last recorded, but last night I did um, rewatch uh, an old favorite, one of my favorite documentaries, probably one of my favorite movies. It's called How to Dance in Ohio. This is a movie that I, I believe it might actually have originally aired on HBO. So if you have HBO, it might be on there. It's a little clean, little like 88, 90 minute movie. Basically, it's about uh, this uh, uh, service. Uh, it's a documentary, so it's all real. Uh, the service in Columbus, Ohio, it's this family counseling group that works with uh, folks on the autism spectrum ranging from their teenage years uh, all through adulthood. And uh, basically the guy who runs it says, hey, we're going to put on a spring formal. We're going to put on a dance for you, for you guys to give you the chance to socialize with each other and to – uh, you know, dances can have a lot of triggers for people who are on the spectrum, both sensory and social. And he says to really give you a chance to like overcome those things and and experience this thing that maybe a lot of you guys are intimidated by experiencing in your in your school lives or what have you. Maybe you didn't go to. We're gonna we're gonna do this here. We're gonna tailor it to you, but we're also gonna help you uh, uh, kind of overcome some of your 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 challenges here. And it's it's uh, not a particularly it's not as um, – I've watched a lot – I'm a big special needs advocate, and so I've watched a lot of documentaries on these kind of subjects. And people, these movies, the movies – documentaries tend to either be kind of a human interest or more of a – I don't want to say clinical, but like they're trying to get at the heart of something mm-hmm. and make a point. This is more of the human interest side, but I don't mean that in a fluffy or insubstantial way. But this is one of those movies I can just put on and like kind of go to my happy place like – they talk to a lot of just really charming uh, people who, who use the service and their families. They focus on three women who I believe are 16, like 18, and 22, who are all great. The 16-year-old Meredith is like my 
total favorite. She's wonderful. And her family's fantastic. And it's just this really, it's touching, it's genuinely funny and sweet, and it's not too, I, I think one of the reasons a lot of people hesitate to engage with media or things involving the special needs community, and I promise I won't go on a soapbox here, is because they think this is going to be too heavy for me. This is going to get too real. It's going to be too depressing or, or mm. what have you. Um, and I understand that. That is not the case in that many. It's certainly not the case here. It's ultimately just very positive. And you're just watching like – in some of the cases, these are like teenagers getting ready for a dance and all the, the awkwardness and the charm that comes with that. Um, there is a, a scene in it where a woman, the 22-year-old Jessica, she gets in trouble at work and – not in trouble like horribly, but you know her boss has to like, give her a talking to. And that's the toughest scene in the movie just because Jessica gets so emotional and so upset. But – her boss is so perfect in that scene, the way she balances compassion for her employee while also – she balances the compassion of, okay, this woman is on the spectrum. I need to be – this is a job that is tailored to that, but also you are my employee and you're a grown-up and I need to like treat you like as such and not coddle you. And so as tough as that might be, it's a really good and important scene. Hmm. Um so yeah, but but aside from that, it's just a good, charming time with good, charming people. I think the documentaries can be really interesting, but they can also just be about watching like humans be cool with each other, and that's a really fun thing <laughs> to watch. So uh, I, I I can't promise that it's because I have, I have watched it on DVD, but if it's on HBO or if you can find it out there, I heartily recommend How to Dance in Ohio. One of my favorites. Back to you guys. Now we go to Alex's Soup of the Week segment. <laughs> Alex, what's this week's soup? Uh, this week's soup, ironically, you... is called Goldeneye. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I like this. I look forward I don't to know, seeing what you do with this. I don't know why it's called Goldeneye. It's just tomato soup. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the package said Goldeneye. I like the idea of like, like you've got the local restaurant that has all these unique names. Of like, oh, we got the the Elvis and the sure, you sure. know the 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 Big Steve and like all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just like the the Jeff Goldblum. It's literally just the most basic. Like it's tomato soup. You got a grilled cheese. You got a hamburger. Yeah. Like there's nothing. There's, there's like, no. Oh, it's it's the Beavis and like Butthead, but it's just like a burger and fries. Yes. What is the Big Steve? <laughs> the Big Steve, I think... Hmm. That's a good question. Is it just a hot dog? I think it's nachos. <laughs> it's nachos. You got you got your chips. You got your cheese. You got some, some beans. <laughs> just some um, scattered. Some beans. A little bit of lettuce. That's a Big Steve. That's a Big Steve. A big Steve. <laughs> I love oh, this restaurant. <laughs> oh my god, yes! Oh my goodness. I'm so happy. Not today, copyright censors. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is a Canadian cartoon show where dinosaur aliens come to Earth. My ears are burning. Oh my goodness, that made me happy. That audio is going to be fun for you to mix later. <laughs> I'm sure it will break everyone's eardrums, and I'm very excited. I'll turn it up. Full of beans. 
Um, boys, do we have anything else we need to hit on before <laughs> any or anyone else we need no, to hit on? Alex, um, before we sign off for the week? I think this movie's done enough hitting on everyone. <laughs> there involved. you go. So the next film is Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. Okay. And not to uh, be confused with Die Another Day or No Time to Die. <laughs> <laughs> or Tomorrowland. But or you only live no, twice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yesterday sometimes lives. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Uh, and, and just a programming note for our listeners, we are doing uh, – it kind of timed out uh, ser- uh, serendipitously a bit. Next week we're doing Tomorrow Never Dies, and the week after that is going to be our sort of pre-Oscar show. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. Joker um, because that fits in enough, and it fits in better than some of the other movies we've done recently. And um, we're going to be going over uh, – just talking about our favorites of the year. So if you want to bone up on your 2019 films, your Oscar films, now's the time. we got a couple weeks to do it. And then it's going to go uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, Joker, Oscar stuff, and then back to Brosnan. And uh, we'll take it from there. Is that right, guys? I think so, yeah. Cool. Sure. I hope, because now if you have to give them new information, it's <laughs> bad podcasting. Because we've never we done may, that before. No, I do want to say, we, as a part of that, we may release... Not that, like, the episode release dates ever matter, because sometimes I just release them on Saturday. For no <laughs> Can't, don't know when the last time that happened was. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we may release that one on, like, a Saturday, so that we have time, and it can be a little more timed with the Oscars. So sure, we'll sure, say sure. It, That might be a little later in the week. Um, yeah, it gives us a little usual. extra time, because um, I, I know I've still got a, a couple movies that I want to try to squeeze in beforehand, yep. and, and, you know, we want to see. We, you know, we're... We're not going to have seen every movie from this year, but we, I, I, there, there are a few that I know I really want to see that I feel like I'm going to enjoy. So, sure. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And then next week, uh, next <laughs> tomorrow, I'm trying to find some kind of pun with that, and we'll be reviewing that movie. So, unless there's anything else, guys, I've been Britain. Fortnite's live forever. <laughs> I've been Tyler. <laughs> And I've been Alex, apparently. <laughs> and you're uh, you're having a night. I I got nothing. <laughs>